In a world where James Franco is still considered a credible actor and Mike Busey can open a place called the Sausage Castle, one podcast will rise. One podcast will take a stand. Its hosts steadfast and strengthened by snark and snobbery. This podcast is Cinema Geekly. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 111, cinemageekly.com slash premiums, where we want you to head for just $12, 365 days of premium podcasting. I believe, Glenn, that you and I discussed the season finale of One Gotham on Fox. We sure did. (laughs) Glenn sounded so, so tired, and he had... You had, you gave no fucks, Glenn. You were, you just wanted to get that show over with as quickly as possible, and now it's gone until yeah. sometime later this year. That, no, I think when we started talking about Arrow, there are definitely times you can tell I'm falling asleep, and I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't laying down. I was sitting up the whole time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't take that as a <laughs> uh, the small sample size of those two podcasts, the uh, the Gotham podcast and Flashing Arrow this week as. Uh, examples of the kind of energy that we bring normally. It is not. Uh, Glenn, Glenn was just very tired. He was. Yeah, up- there's usually much more rage. Yeah, so. usually there's there's more <laughs> fervor and fire. Um, also, join us for the first time. This is your first time on the regular podcast, is it not, Miss Aurora Bubaloo? How are you doing? Good. What's up? Uh, not too much. This is the first time for you on the regular podcast. Yes. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you've been on some other podcasts that have been available for free to people. But Yeah, I went, yeah. the first one was Deliver Your Gear. Yes, correct. Yeah. I made that free for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is your first time uh, to, uh, speaking, I guess, to the much wider audience. In yeah. Instead of, instead of tens, it's thousands of people <laughs> that download this podcast regularly. Uh, and No pressure. And no, you're you're gonna be fine. We we don't know what we're doing, and we've been recording 111 of these episodes. Yeah, so. Staff Megatron loves you, so we're all good. Yeah, Staff Megatron <laughs> likes you a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm shocked you remember that, Glenn. I, congratulations through all the all the tornadoes and stuff you survived lately. <laughs> I figured there'd be more pressing matters on your mind. Uh, now today looks like I'm in the clear, so I'm fine. That's a plus. That is a plus. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. There is actually quite a bit of, of news. Most of it surrounds casting, but there's uh, some other stuff going around, too. I guess we should start uh, right after last week's podcast, um, or it may have even been like right before we started last week's podcast, but that was the 100% all Age of Ultron podcast. I believe we talked about it for almost two hours uh, and as Glenn stated, apologies to anybody who didn't like the fact that I think we spent 40 minutes recapping the movie. Uh, we spent a third of what, how long that movie is trying to recap it. Trying to recap and there it. are definitely things we still left out that we had to talk about later. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, mea culpa. We're so sorry for having to talk for so long. But uh, yeah, I, I, I got good feedback from that episode. Nobody, Nobody complained, so... That's a plus, I suppose. Uh, if you like episode recaps, cinemageekly.com slash premium, everybody. Lots of episode <laughs> recaps over there. Uh, but yeah, right before we started recording that podcast, the uh, the first image of the Suicide Squad was released. Said, no, I am not talking about that, uh, that picture of Will Smith in his Wild Wild West costume uh, that is also supposedly from the Suicide Squad movie. I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing that's him out of... Uh, out of costume or, you know, not out of costume, but I mean like, uh, you know, when he's not, uh, running around as dead shot is my guess. Uh, but no, they released a full cast picture. 
Um, many, many people in this movie, uh, and some mixed reactions. Uh, Aaron posted the article on the website, and uh, he seemed less than thrilled uh, by the looks. But uh, if everybody wants to go ahead and uh, and play real along with me, you can go pull it up on the Facebook page or on the website. Uh, we've got uh, Slipknot is here, Captain Boomerang, the Enchantress, Katana, Rick Flag, Harley Quinn for the first time ever in uh, a movie or a live action TV show for that matter, I believe. Uh, Deadshot, Killer Croc, and El Diablo. Uh, Glenn, what do you think of uh, this casting choice? Because not only do we have the characters, but we have the cast as well. Not, uh, so what do you think of the cast? What do you think of the looks as well for some of these characters? Uh, when we first saw them, I thought they were kind of stupid. But as as most things are, you kind of get used to how the vision is of what they're going for. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I mean, they're the, the only ones that I don't really like is the El Diablo. I, yeah. I just think it, it to me out of all of them, it looks the most cartoonish. And one of them people, one of the people being Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. who looks like she got her hair attacked by cotton candy. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's no, I mean like the katana. I, I think for me, like the katana look seems a lot better than I initially first saw it because of how it looked in Arrow, mm-hmm. and it just that mask, especially in Arrow, just looked super cheap. And at least, with, at least with this one, it looks like it's more form fitting than just like a generic yeah. mask on top. Uh-huh. That was weird. I I, I want to bring that up real quick because Tatsu on the last episode of Arrow. Uh, had the katana stuff on. You're right. And uh, maybe they just took the mask from this movie and then just put it on her in this episode, and that's why it didn't look like it fit on her. Yeah, it just seemed a little bit bigger. And I didn't really think about it at the time, but then, like, comparing these two, it's more of just something I've noticed. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, like, Captain Boomerang, I mean, he's got the blue and stuff. I mean, it's their... You see some of these people, how they look in the comics. There's just no way you can make them look as cartoonish as they are in there, especially most of the 60s run of Deadshot. Like, to me, it that just to, it seems more realistic of what he is wearing. And I like the idea of Will Smith. I don't know how well it's going to be with Will Smith. Um, it seems like the, the if he keeps following the road of Tom Cruise, that is Scientology. And the higher you go up that ladder, it seems like the lower you go down in the real life ladder. He's just trying to get clear, Glenn. Give that man, yeah. give him some room. But no, I mean, I like the Harley Quinn stuff. I mean, I wish it was. I'm not saying she had to be in the, you know, the, you know, the jester kind of outfit yeah. that she has in the animated series. But I, you know, I do like the, I do miss the leggings and that kind of stuff. But for me, in this, it's fine. I mean, you can complain that, oh, well, she's just trying to get killed, but, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Suicide Squad. They don't really care what happens to her. So she just goes out in short shorts and a, and a you know, a midriff revealing tank top. Uh, no one's really going to be that upset besides Mr. J. Right. Um, I've, uh, and by the way, when the first time I saw Enchantress, I, uh, I think we discussed it off air, but I just assumed <laughs> that it was, uh, I just assumed that it was the, uh, the woman Calypso. from... Yeah, Calypso from the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> movies. Uh, and then Aaron's like, no, 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 that's Enchantress. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> he looks a lot like Calypso from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, that will be a weird crossover. <laughs> Aurora, what did, what, did you, what did you think of this uh, this uh, this cobbled together group? Um, I mean, I, I feel neutral. I'm not excited, but I'm not disappointed either. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to see what happens because, you know, sometimes you see... I mean, well, that's uh, what you've got from DC so far, right? It's just yeah, pictures, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you get a sneak peek of the characters, and sometimes they look very different in the movie because, you know, color correction, and they do other stuff that makes their costumes even better. So maybe they will get better. Um, so I, I, Killer Croc, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like it, actually. You I, do? I know, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know I if they're going like... to do some CGI or something to his face um, to make it even better. Yeah. But, you know, Harley Quinn, do you, you guys know the um, video game Lollipop Chainsaw? Yeah, she looks just like her. I was going to say she it. She looks but... just like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, too bad this isn't made by James Gunn like Lollipop Chainsaw was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know what it is? I... Uh... It's clear that they have Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn to 
to kind of match the look for Jared Leto's Joker. But mm-hmm. for me, whatever it is, uh, actually, I think I can probably pinpoint what it is for me with uh, with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Even though it is not necessarily the look I was expecting, I really like it. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the characters she's showing in the picture for some reason. Right. Sticks yeah. out to me as accurate. And yeah, and, yeah, and the fact that she's and uh, we've seen some other uh, some more high res versions of the picture where her I think her necklace says like pudding on it, and yeah. that I was like sold. Like as long, it's like <laughs> I'll be happy as long as Harley Quinn says pudding once. She just has to say pudding <laughs> and Mister J, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. happy. Uh, and like like that works for me, even though the look isn't exactly what I was expecting. Like, it's still fairly, like, you can look at it and be like, oh, that's that's supposed to be Harley Quinn, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Jared yeah. Leto's Joker, you kind of got the same thing, too, because it's like, oh, his hair is green, and he's got, haha. oh, he's supposed to be the Joker. But in Jared Leto's picture, like, the Joker did not jump off the screen at me. Like, as we talked about, it was like Marilyn Manson cosplaying, or somebody cosplaying as Marilyn Manson and a Joker in a mashup is what jumped right. off the screen to me. And when I look at her in the picture, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, I, she gives off the vibe of Harley Quinn to me from the picture. Um, there's also a, a shot of Will Smith uh, with a Deadshot mask on, which I don't know. Glenn, is that uh, way off from what they normally do in the comics? This uh, this all white looking mask thing, or is that something they've done? Depends on what you want him to look like. I mean, yeah. some of it's just a really basic nut and bolts that it you know like he is an arrow and some of it is just the the kind of like a looks like a a metal mummy head over him with the eyepiece which is more the 60s and the double late you know the double guns on his hands like so it's yeah to me the white is okay i I, it doesn't really go with anything else i don't know why it would be white other than the fact that they may digitally touch over it which makes sense Mm -hmm. um but generally that stuff is blue so i don't know i don't it's okay, but what do you it think looks of... like they're just mixing a lot of the old stuff with the with the new, which is what I like. So, mm-hmm. um, what do you, what do you think of the cast overall, Glenn? Just uh, from the acting standpoint, now that we've got uh, we've got Adam Beach, Jay Courtney, uh, we've got uh, good lord, uh, so many Margot Robbie. We already talked about. We've already got uh, Adewale, <laughs> Mister Echo, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. last, last name last name unpronounceable by us white people. <laughs> uh, Will Smith. Uh, what, what do you think of the cast uh, overall? Um, I am a huge Adam Beach fan. Uh, back in the day when I was in junior high, I believe, is when he came on Law and Order before they canceled it. You know, he replaced Jesse L. Martin, I think. Yeah. Because uh, that was just the night show I watched before I went to bed all the time for whatever reason. And I, I mean, I've always, I mean, even as something as dumb as Joe Dirt, you know, with his fireworks and so I've always I've always liked Adam <laughs> Beach. I wish he could be in more things and I love him in Wind Talkers, which is a movie a lot of people don't like. You're gonna bring up like he's gonna be like, I was in Flags of Our Fathers. It's Yeah, like, I know. I was you getting bring there. Up Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but that bring, but no and then like Jay Hernandez, I love yeah. that guy. Um I loved him in Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember, he was in something else, maybe Ladder 49, because I think he's the guy who gets jacked up in that movie as I far as so. fire goes. I believe so, yeah. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, I mean, the only thing I've seen him in is RoboCop, so uh, we're just going to leave it at that. That was okay. RoboCop was okay, Glenn. It was okay. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like, yeah, I like Margot Robbie. I mean, I've only seen her in the one thing, and I guess her and Will Smith kind of have chemistry from that movie Focus that they did. Yeah. Uh, that caper movie. So we'll see. And I think Jai Courtney is terrible, but you know, yeah. I mean, I guess if he's playing Australian, I, I can't see him having to dig too deep and uh, how he's going to act because that character, as we remember from arrow and in the comic books is very much so uh stereotypical. You know, what we think of as American idiots for Australians. So, so he's going to basically spend the whole movie trying to hunt killer croc while drinking up. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the whole movie? Yeah, I mean, if Black Manta shows up and kills him, then that'd be, like, really morbid, uh, dark humor that they could go for, yeah. Anybody uh, anybody in the cast stand out for you, Aurora? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that everybody that got cast is portraying a character that is so different from what they've done before. Yeah. That it's kind of yeah. hard to 
see them playing those characters. I'm just I'm just waiting for that trailer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like Will Smith isn't even playing like a superhero, really. He's playing no. kind of an asshole. Uh, not kind I mean, of. He so played, what was that movie, Hitch? He played like a, a an asshole superhero. Hitch? It wasn't Hitch. What no, was yeah, it? it was Hancock. Han- Hitch Hancock. is the movie where, yes. where Eva Mendes got mad at him for being a decent human <laughs> being. Yes. Well, both, both, both movies he played an asshole. But in cool. Hancock, he, kind of, he played a superhero that was awful so yeah kind of similar but um yeah i just i just have to wait for the trailer and see what what happens right. yeah i mean that's all they because they, they haven't really shown us much else we've got these pictures oh. to go off of we've got to kind of prejudge there because that's what we do we talk about yeah. stuff and all we have to go off of is that uh mm-hmm. let's talk about casting shall we we talked about casting but let's talk about casting because holy cow well i mean i i wrote about it it really does feel like it was just last week that we got an avengers movie but uh <laughs> we're getting another one yeah <laughs> i mean no screw that i uh i put up the graphic it says avengers 3 on the website uh the cast has been announced for avengers 3 civil war uh, i know they're calling it captain america civil war but let's get real here um yeah. i mean it makes sense it does make sense that there would need to be more people in the movie but i guess i didn't really think about it i'm like i know captain america is going to be in it i know iron man's going to be in it i know when they made the announcement that chadwick boseman as black panther was going to be in it as well at some part and i'm like yeah you know it would probably make sense if black widow showed up and hawkeye showed up and a few other people um but they released the cast list for this and Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's just run run it down. Um, it's coming out in 2016, by the way, which uh, this I, I I thought maybe when the news came out, I'm like, boy, this is I guess it's still kind of far away. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's like a year away. This yeah. is coming out in a year. Holy crap. We just got an Avengers movie. Um, yeah. So it comes out May 6th next year. It's directed by the Russo bros. Um, and they obviously are, uh, most well-known currently for having done the winter soldier, but they also did community as the well. Yahoo's community. Was... Yeah, that's right. Yahoo, <laughs> yahoo.com's community. Um, and it is, uh, the duo who was writing it, uh, did the screenplay also did the screenplays for the winter soldier and the first Avenger. Uh, so we've got, of course, Chris Evans as captain America, of course, and, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Uh, also, these are now the rest of the confirmed cast list. We've got uh, Black Widow is returning. Um, Natasha Romanoff, Sebastian Stan is going to be back as the Winter Soldier, uh, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes. Anthony Mackie as uh, Falcon. Paul Bettany is going to be back as the Vision. Jeremy Renner is going to be back as Hawkeye. Don Cheadle is going to be back as War Machine. Elizabeth Olsen as uh, Scarlet Witch. Paul Rudd is going to be in this as Ant-Man. We're going to have... <sighs> hold on. Uh, taking a breath. Uh, <laughs> we've got Chadwick Boseman uh, as Black Panther, as we've already mentioned. Uh, Emily Van Camp is going to be reprising her role as Agent 13 from The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Frank Grillo is going to be returning as Crossbones. Uh, William Hurt is reprising his role as General Thaddeus Ross from the Incredible Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Danielle Bruhl, whom they haven't announced who he's playing yet, I don't think, but... Uh, I thought he was going to be Baron... Oh, God, what was it? Uh, something Baron something another. I don't know. So he, Another yeah. German bad guy that Germany's going to protest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's Baron something or I can't remember. Baron Zima, it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like Baron Zima or something. Baron, isn't Zima a non-alcoholic drink, Glenn? Uh, Zemo, Zemo. Zemo. There we go. There Baron we go. Zemo. Uh that was awesome. And uh Martin Freeman has been cast uh, also in a in an undisclosed role. Uh but I believe the rumor is uh because the basically the the word is going around that he's going to be playing some sort of interrogator uh, that will also be reappearing in the Black Panther movie, and I guess the speculation is that he'll be playing Everett Ross, who is a government agent. Uh, in the books, he's assigned to Wakanda and becomes like a Wakandan expert, I guess. Um, and maybe he'll be 
more of a Clark Gregg Coulson type character going forward, uh, which would be awesome. I love Martin Freeman. I hope so, yeah. And hopefully, of course, he runs into Doctor Strange because these two <laughs> men can ne- they they signed up to be in Sherlock and now they can never escape each other's no. ever again. They have to be near each other at all times. Um, but yeah, that is a massive cast list. And, uh, I mean, no, you, you don't have Thor and you don't have Hulk, but you basically mm-hmm. have everybody else. Oh, well, I mean, if Thunderbolt Ross turns into Red Hulk, you just get oh my a gosh, better that's version the of him. Oh <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, and, and of course it has been long rumored, uh, that there will also be a Spider-Man cameo in this film. Uh, perhaps played by uh, Asia Butterfield or Maja Butterfield, however his name is pronounced, or Asa Butterfield. Uh, the Ender's Game kid is looks like the guy they're going to pick to to play Spider Man. I think it's down to him and somebody else, but I think the smart money is on the Butterfield child. Um, I say child, but he's probably like eighteen or something. Uh, yeah, that is quite the cast. Aurora, what do you think of this gargantuan sized cast? Um, this is obviously good news for us because, yeah. you know, more, the more, the merrier, but, uh, is this kind of piling on to the kind of lingering in the background feeling that eh, maybe these movies are becoming a little too overstuffed and overcomplicated for the regular I mean, folks? I think, I mean, it's fine. It's part of building this universe, right? So before people complained a lot that you, you get a superhero movie and you complain that, well, wh- where are the other superheroes? Why can't they help him? <laughs> and now we have it. Now we have all these other superheroes coming into the other superhero movie and helping and, and you see everything connected. So I think it's cool. Was there I anything, like it. Was there anything that was a surprise to you like when they announced, oh, this person's going to be in it too? I literally screamed when I saw that Martin Freeman was going to be on it. <laughs> you literally screamed. Yes, I from excitement. <laughs> you terrified your dogs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Neighbors were looking out their windows. Yes. But then I realized that this means that then Sherlock's season 4 is going to be even <laughs> yeah, farther away. Yeah, that that will be released sometime in the year 2070, I think yeah. is when they're going to finally get around to making more Sherlock. Uh, yes. I don't, yeah, I don't know what I want more these guys to be involved because I mean I am super excited to see uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and in, in Doctor Strange, and oh, uh, I mean it, we're not even ruling out the possibility that there could be teases for those movies because those are going to be coming out next. I, I was actually kind of surprised to see Paul Rudd's name on there so soon yeah. after Ant Man. Like I, and they must have some faith that that movie is going to turn out okay for them because. They're putting him in a really big movie right after his movie comes out. Uh, so, yeah, that is that is not... I mean, uh, Ant-Man opens uh, the 17th of July, mm-hmm. I believe. So, uh, you know, yeah, uh, one year later, the character is back already. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on. Glenn, uh, I, I turn to you for your opinion on this. Is, uh, is, is this going to... This probably isn't going to change the mind of people who feel these movies are already too clogged, I'm guessing. Well, I'm going to say something, and everything I'm going to say, I'm going to ignore after the fact. Okay. <laughs> but generally, there's a rule when it comes to a movie that just has just too many good people in it and a cast. Yeah. And that's the movie's going to be bad, uh, i.e. the movie Bobby. Uh, if you look at that cast, it is impressive, the amount oh, yeah. of people that are in that movie. It is oh, sure. insane. Um, and it'll, usually why it's a bad thing is... You know, maybe not so with a lot of actors, but, you know, the rumor is about Meryl Streep is she tries to win every scene. So when you have a bunch of movies, you know, a bunch of people in these movies that are very talented and they're trying to steal scenes from one another, then right. you can the tone's going to be off or you're not going to give people their moments to shine. Mm-hmm. Now, with something like this, it's a very different story because the biggest thing for actors these days is to try and jump in on some kind of franchise ideally a marvel franchise so if everybody's trying to jump on then they understand that they need to play ball instead of stand out agreed so i i'm not too worried about it i mean the one the names i'm most excited for because i i love daniel Brühl. he is so good in the movie rush Mm -hmm. it's insane 
And then one of my favorite, like, at least top three favorite actors is William Hurt. So the fact that he's coming back, like, I mean, my head exploded whenever him, and even though they didn't have screen time together, but when him and Ed Harris were together in History of Violence, like, I mean, holy crap, it's like two of my five. Like, in in this movie, it's just going to be that much better. And I I know, it's to me, it's going to be really interesting because they got a lot of people who are on the up and up as far as, like, name goes and then a lot of established people. But I just, I wonder how Robert Downey Jr.'s ego is going to handle this movie because he's technically supposed to be the villain. So, we'll see. That is true. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, and and obviously there's talk about... uh, I think he did. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes talk on this that he wanted uh, a higher cut or something like that. And originally they didn't want him for. I think what it was is originally they didn't want him for that much of the movie. And then he wanted to be a bigger part of the movie. And then the big wigs wanted to just cut him out completely from the movie because they didn't want to pay him. And then I don't know what happened. Eventually he's got a. He's got a he's got his big usual take and uh, and he's got like a cut he's got like a cut waiting in the wings like if the movie performs better than the winner yeah there's like, certain duh, percentages that they here's the thing I don't do that. I don't blame him he has deserved it and earned it like this none of this exists without his performance in that first movie so mm-hmm. uh, if he had if he had crapped it up like sometimes I'm like look sometimes people's egos definitely are sometimes they're not deserving of, you know, where they think they are. But uh, in in this case, like, none of this exists without him. If he, you know, and to me, putting him in a movie is like box office. Why would you not want to do that? Yeah. Uh, Say that about the judge. Get as much, well, with the exception of the judge. Put him in in the Iron Man costume (laughs) in box office. Uh, Make him Tony Stark, you know, box office. Uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a moneymaker for them. So why not do it? Why not get as much out of him as you can until you won't be able to do it anymore? I, I think it's mutually beneficial, uh, for both sides. I, I, I thought they were dumb when I read that they wanted him to not have a big part in it at first. Or like, if you're doing the civil war story and Iron Man doesn't have a big part in it, what yeah. the fuck are you even doing then? That's, mm-hmm. you're ridiculous. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I guess I should say, cause I was, I was ex- shocked to see paul red mentioned but i guess william hurt being brought back as as uh as fucking thunderbolt that was the thing i guess that really because i was just thinking the other day like that incredible hulk movie like it's part of the mcu but it is the movie they ignore the most probably because it wasn't made by it wasn't even under the paramount umbrella i mean it was made by universal studios so yeah i mean they probably just treat it like network tv when they ignore you know, other distributions, rights like they, to stuff. Right. I mean, they like they consider it the MCU, and Robert Downey Jr., you know, is in that movie as Tony Stark at the end. Um, you know, and uh, and I believe there's a there's a there's a Marvel one shot where they make mention of uh, the Abomination, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. about it. Like they have not made any reference to that. When everybody's talking about their other girlfriends, nobody mentions fucking Liv Tyler from the Incredible Hulk movie. That movie just didn't exist. When they show clips of uh, stuff for like the the trailers, or if they're building up something, like a while back they did like a a Phase One and a Phase Two trailer that kind of led up to the second Avengers movie, and they showed uh, as many clips as they could of Hulk from the Avengers, and they showed like one clip of the Hulk from the Incredible Hulk. So the fact that they're even bringing this character back at, with the actual original actor as well blew my hair back. I was holy crap. Well, the original one is Sam Elliott, but <laughs> as much as I love Sam Elliott's mustache, <laughs> I, I am I am more happy that it is William, William Hurt. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a, let's, let's go from that casting talk. Let's talk about some some juicy tidbits that are happening uh, in a galaxy far far away uh josh trank who was scheduled to direct the second uh star wars anthology slash spinoff slash whatever movie uh i what was their wording glenn like he he left the project but the word is he, that was like the uh, the pr talking and he was in fact booted from this project i think is the uh yeah the talk that's going on um, so what what did you hear was the reasoning for his exit? A lot of the reasoning people are saying is because of the issues they heard that he had with making Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. 
they had a lot of reshoots uh, that were done. Some of them were pretty recent. Um, and he just wasn't able, he wasn't managing the people well as far as the production goes. He was great as far as visually what he wanted to see. But as the job of being a director these days, you're basically a manager of a single property and everything that goes with it as far as money management. So it's all basically like it's not as important of what your visual artistry is or what your vision is going to be for this movie which some people are as such as myself would consider art it's more about how you can get that movie made you know under budget and as commercially acceptable as possible uh which is why brett ratner still gets jobs so (laughs) that was basically the reason it just when they saw how much trouble he had with fantastic four which is a big movie um it's not as big as you know even a offshoot of a star wars film but he, uh, no, they just felt like he, you know, he wasn't ready to take that next step, which is something that a lot of people have talked about, which you even, you look at some of these Marvel movies, they had a lot of people who got booted out for creative differences. And some of it may have been, you know, they just weren't able to handle that, that scope, that right. big of a movie, which I mean, one of them being Darren Aronofsky, which I just think is uh, the dumbest thing possible. I'm, I'm shocked that he had guy, Noah, yeah. <laughs> because that guy, <laughs> holy hell. You want to make a Wolverine movie? I don't know why you wouldn't use him. Uh, but that's just me. But no, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I felt like he wasn't ready. I mean, that's like the biggest thing for J.J. Abrams is he, he knows how to get things done. You rarely hear about him having to do reshoots. You know, it's there's a reason why these commercial directors are successful that... You know, it's not so much visually what they can bring, but everything else they can bring before it. They can build up the movie, and you'll at least make your money. It's probably why, my, again, Michael Bay probably makes money off of this because I, he doesn't do reshoots, but he also doesn't, you know, care about how the acting is done. So, that's true. As well. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not saying that's how Star Wars, these Star Wars movies, are going to go oh, no, because no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Johnson. I mean, just look at the other things he has done. Looper was great. I mean, he can. I feel like you know promising and he's under the jj abrams umbrella I and mean, and that's probably something with trank is he just wasn't even a part of that yeah. um i mean gareth edwards i feel like if godzilla would have gone badly he probably would not would, you know would not get his own star wars spinoff either so i guess these other people who are getting you know uh shots at other minor frank franchises like i wouldn't be surprised if colin trevorrow is if jurassic world does okay and you haven't heard any rumblings as far as production delays he'll probably get another even bigger franchise than that to handle right. so well it's just rumor... you go from like mid indie film to like mega franchise there's no baby steps up to it whereas like ryan johnson kind of had those baby steps but everyone else it's like like trevorrow made one movie that was moderately you know a lot of people i like it but it's not like it was an indie film, and then you hand him Jurassic World. Yeah. Like, it's just... And granted, he was 40, whereas Josh Trank just turned 30. Like, that's... Ins- yep. I mean, you're handing... He's not Spielberg. I mean, holy no. crap. I mean, at least Spielberg made a couple of movies before he did Jaws. Yeah, he made <laughs> that truck movie. <laughs> yeah, he, did. He, made that. he made Duel. Is that what it was? Duel, the TV Duel. movie that he... Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, or as I refer to it as, that truck movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, like J.J. Abrams idolized Steven Spielberg. Like that, those are the kind of movies he wanted to make, and yeah. he he does that. I mean, people would be like, "Oh, he's just a Spielberg ripoff," but I mean, he makes movies that are big in scale, that are impressive to look at, but not so much so that he for you know that he entirely forgets about character moments and heart, mm-hmm. like a Michael Bay movie, uh, which completely goes the opposite direction and forgets about everything except for action and set pieces and stuff. Um, so here's the here's the skinny from uh, The Mirror, which is uh, ripping off uh, a report from The Hollywood Reporter, by the way. Uh, the Chronicle director... That we're going to rip off? Yeah, that we are going to rip off. <laughs> uh, the Chronicle director, who is set to helm the follow-up Star Wars Rogue One, uh, the follow-up to Star Wars Rogue One, uh, before the announcement yesterday, has now been subject to reports that he was fired for, quote, erratic behavior. The Hollywood, yes, I know, it's getting juicy in here. The Hollywood (laughs) Reporter claims that Trank's behavior on the set of Fantastic Four, uh, which has long been dogged with rumors of troubles on set, the director was reported as being, quote, erratic and sometimes very isolated. Uh, An insider told the industry publication that despite Trank's obvious talents, 
his way of working was, quote, indecisive and uncommunicative. Uh, so he did not talk well with people. Neither did I just there. So was up his communicative. His hiring was ill-advised or exceedingly Hi, ill-advised? Exceedingly ill-advised, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and apparently, it says here, and left the producers having to step in and save the film from going off the rails. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, okay. Matthew Vaughn did the reshoots for Fantastic... They even have the original director do the reshoots for that movie. I didn't even know that. My goodness. Yeah, that... Yeah. He just seems like maybe they're just piling on too much shit, and he was just not ready to handle it yet. Yeah, I thought... I mean, I think, to me, I... I think it's- I think it is justified behavior. If you are, if you have erratic behavior in the set of Fantastic Four, I think it's justified. Oh, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> if it's, this is like I don't know about this movie. Uh, yes. uh, this is, I, this come on. There's nothing I can do with this. You, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to my trailer. Leave me alone. Yeah, I always yeah. understood it. It was the producer's job to, to mainly handle the money things and be like this is what you got you just worry about making this like yeah uh that was always something i forget that spielberg always talks about whenever he produces a movie is he he wants a producer of a hundred hundred control of uh production whereas he will take care of he will take care of pre-production they will handle production and then he will help out with post but post is more of you know still the same thing with director's vision so I don't. He may have just had some bad producers as well. Like, uh, to me, it's just there's just no way you could put all of that on one person. Doesn't matter who they are. I mean, I thought that's what a second unit director was for was yes. to help out with with some of that stuff. And he yeah, may have just had coverage. somebody, yeah. you know, some second unit director that's like 50 years old. It's like, oh, this fucking piece of shit, 30 year old millennials <laughs> getting this goddamn gig after making. <laughs> One okay superhero movie that wasn't even superhero and used yeah. cheap tricks like gotta go shoot extras. I've gotta yeah. go shoot extras staring <laughs> at something, and uh, yeah, yeah, I've gotta I've gotta go shoot a few uh, explosions and stuff. While what do you uh, want me to do? I don't know. Ask the kid. He apparently he fucking knows it. He got the gig. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road we hear some of those stories. Glenn Beauvais as second unit director, his one man show coming soon to Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a good gig to be a second unit director. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like you get none of the blame if it goes well, and then yeah. if you know if if it does do well, you know I feel like the directors always be like, oh, I could have done it without him. He did all those exterior shots. It's that's great. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like all the praise, none of the blame. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Steven Soderbergh, one of the best directors, did all the. He was the second unit director for the fucking Hunger Games movie. There you go, yeah. I, I, you could have been the second unit director on Godfather 3 and just taking credit for anything that was good in it. Yeah, get a good gig, you know. Sure. Or be a stunt coordinator and then make a really awesome action movie uh, the, uh, that they're making a sequel to. The, uh, the, the real interesting piece of news that came out of all this, not really was, it wasn't really that Josh Trank left. Um, it's that uh, the purported rumors that this was going to be a Boba Fett movie was the thing yeah. that kind of came out of it. But, Aurora, they said an origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think of this? Because I am marginally certain that we already got a sucky <laughs> Boba Fett origin story. <laughs> and it's still canon, as best as I can tell. Yeah, but I also read that uh, they're considering Joss Whedon to take his place. Yeah, I have read that as well. That is the rumor. I mean, I mean it's, it's a rumor, and it's probably not true but you think uh, i mean i I think they're definitely reaching out to him because they'd be stupid not to because disney's got his phone number obviously and they're all friends (laughs) with those people and it's their friends sure and it's not going to be a giant team movie where he's got to focus on so many characters and plots or whatever it'd still be a huge movie obviously but yeah um i mean they'd be dumb not to try to get him so i don't doubt that they're trying to get him I just mm-hmm. don't know what the odds are of, you know, him getting it. Yeah, but with I, how upset he is with them already. I heard the. Well, I mean, he was upset with Marvel, I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm sure they're all different compartments of Disney at this point, so it, it may be a different story. Um, and I think he's just upset at, at Marvel because you know it was just a a pain in the ass to get a movie like that done the way he wanted it to get done, mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. the same, along with them wanting it the way they wanted it. Um, but yeah, like I, like I I had read the rumor that maybe they wanted him for episode nine, but last I heard that was still J.J. Abrams' movie to pass on. Like I think they're I think Ryan Johnson's getting episode eight, 
and then JJ gets episode nine if he wants it. And if he doesn't want it, then, you know, uh, then they'll find somebody else. But, um, yeah, I, I heard the Joss Whedon thing. I, I definitely think they would be stupid to not be doing it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they are. But uh, how, how interested are you in, in the Boba Fett concept? I mean, they have uh, an opportunity to do something great with that. Yeah, so, they, could fix, they could fix what has already been done to they, it. Yes. So I, I, if they pick the correct people, it could be amazing. The, the key here is that they pick the correct people <laughs> to do it. Martin Scorsese? <laughs> oh, my God. A Scorsese Boba Fett movie would be it. <laughs> so good. I mean, you already know Leonardo DiCaprio would be in it, so there's that. <laughs> I mean, he can't he can't put it in New York, but it would be like space New York. It'd be you know what I mean. It it'd be like on Coruscant or something like that, where it could be like New York, at, like the nitty gritty downtown of it. Yeah, gangs yeah. of gangs of Coruscant. Uh, I think you could totally pull that off. Yeah, I mean, because somebody who's like a, a Boba Fett origin story, we already know his origin story. Everybody, he's a he's a clone of Jango Fett, and then took over for Jango when he got decapitated by. Uh, by uh, Mace Windu in episode two. So uh, unless this movie is like uh, 10 years later and then somebody comes in and kills Jango Fett clone and becomes Boba Fett, like, and that's the origin story. We've already got an origin story and it's pretty crappy. I don't know if people noticed it or not, but it was a uh, pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kid they picked, man, George Lucas has a talent for picking horrible child actors. <laughs> oh my God. What? Between between the kid he picked for Anakin in Episode One and the kid he picked for Baby Boba Fett in Episode Two, holy cow! Baby Fett, yeah. Baby Fett, absolutely horrific. I'm sorry. I know they're kids. <laughs> I know they're kids, but <laughs> god awful. They're terrible. <laughs> uh, Glenn, what, what do you what do you think of this Boba Fetting? Uh, can we not do an origin story? Like, can we just yeah? I mean, how cool would that image be of him climbing out of the pit? Yeah. Oh, like, like oh come on. Like that, that is your money shot right there yes. automatically in the opening sequence. That could be the only thing you would show for yeah. your trailers. You just your stole Your teaser, yeah. your regular one, everything. That's all you got to do is like, there's your trailer right there. Yeah. It's just Boba Fett climbing out and being like, where the fuck is Han Solo? Yeah. And then Han... Yeah. He could not be. I'm excited be dead. about this movie, and it's not real. I'm excited they, already. Doesn't have to die in Star Wars. He could die in the <laughs> Boba Fett movie. I mean, come on, that would just be the best thing ever. I already just pictured the moment he's just—he has that gun. Like Harrison Ford's got that gun pointed right at him, and he's like, "I'm not going to shoot first and just puts it down, and just bam, you know. And George Lucas could be like, "Oh my God, this is what I wanted for Harrison Ford all along. I didn't want him to shoot first. That's a great George Lucas impression, by the way. Uh, I love the idea that was that an Admiral Akbar? That sounded more like an Akbar to me. Well, no, I, I would I would be fine with an Admiral Akbar origin story, which we already explained. Yes. He could be the leader of this Rogue One squad. Like, oh yeah, yeah. The Rogue I am fine with Akbar being command leader for this because holy, because sh- then he would know like what it is when it's operational because he would know he that was it's there a- when it happened. That's right. He would know it's a trap ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, I've seen this before. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a trap! Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited too, Glenn, but I'm relatively certain you just ripped off that Boba Fett thing from Patton Oswald's speech about mashing together the Star Wars and Marvel universes. Because I think about? that's the first thing Patton Oswald talks about. That's his first scene in his, uh, his uh, whatever that scene they cut from. Uh... Oh, you mean when Patton Oswald stole. stole uh, Stole that from the books because that's where I was getting it from. Like, oh, that's that what he did. <laughs> he probably. Yeah, I mean that is in the books. He does get out. Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor. Just reach it. Yep, that's exactly how he starts the movie. That's how his Star Wars Episode Seven starts is with uh, Boba <laughs> Fett climbing out of the Sarlacc. Uh, hey, but they did. They did. Uh, it's not impossible, Glenn, because I believe that they did. Uh, they did mention that it takes a very long time for that Sarlacc. Thousand to years to get digested in that son bitch. Yep. So you could he could totally climb out in like twenty. And he's a clone, so I don't know how he ages. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, 
The the only thing with me, and I think I mentioned it when we first talked about this, because when these rumors were first circulating, they were talking about, oh, they're going to do a Han Solo movie, and they're going to do a Yoda movie, and they're going to do a Boba Fett movie. I think were the three movies, and so far one of them has already been crossed off the list because they announced Rogue One. Um, and I still stand, I am still standing by my uh, my thoughts on this. That um, I mean, I, fuck, I. I was gonna, I was gonna make this speech, but I'm like, you know what? They already kind of ruined Boba Fett, so just make the movie anyway. But everybody knows the thing that made him so special to begin with was the fact that nobody knew anything about him. They mm-hmm. just saw him, and he had all these cool weapons, and he could fly around, and kids were captivated by this character, and it was just yeah. so cool. Nobody knew anything about him. He barely said anything, and uh, you know, now we know his whole origin story. And you're like, that's his origin story? Yeah. Well, shit. All right. Uh, so, I mean, maybe unless they do, and maybe, maybe, you know, Django Fett clone is not the real Boba Fett, perhaps, uh, they could do something, but they could handle it like dread. I mean, Never judge dread up. is essentially like, you know, there's clones of him and you could just, you know, Boba Fett putting on his helmet. It's just in the day in a life of bounty hunting. Like I'd be okay with that too. It'll be a damn shame by the way, if they don't make a sequel to dread, that was great. Ah. Poor Carl Urban. He really had fun doing that as well. Like, he was, like, super pumped to be doing that movie. No, I heard him read lines from a comic book. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he's the man. Um, all right. So, I believe that's the regular news for the week. Let's uh, hop in to talk about the top five of the Oh, we don't want to do the, the fast-talking thing that we talked about off-air um, about well, Arkham? Oh, yeah, yeah. Glenn, uh, the cast, uh, they introduced the cast, the voice cast, for the next Batman game, Arkham Knight. Glenn, please tell us about this this voice cast because it is fucking stupendous. Like this could be a cast for a Batman movie. Forget yes. a video game. Yeah, I mean, I'll say the best for last. Um, which some fan circles will be like, "Ooh, he's not the best one." You didn't mention Kevin Conroy last. Yeah, <laughs> what was it the name I was gonna go with? Because we all know Conroy's coming back. Which I'm sure when he announced that he was coming back at Comic Con two years ago, and the one in Dallas, that this was the game he was already doing voice work for. And I'm sure Mark Hamill will definitely not be doing a voice for the Joker. <laughs> was definitely not going to appear in this game whatsoever. I, f- I hope he doesn't. He will. You know he will. I know he will. I mean, they already have Troy Baker doing Two Face, so I mean, he he did a pretty good right. Mark Hamill impersonation, anyways. Anyway, so it's him as Batman, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley Green, which if you've ever seen any of the Twilight movies, I think she's in there. I'm um, not proud. And she wrote that one movie, 13, with Holly Hunter. I oh. don't know why I remember that, That's but cool. I'll never forget that DVD case. She has a tongue <laughs> ring. Um, so she voices Barbara Gordon Oracle. And then uh, John Noble is voicing Scarecrow, which oh. I couldn't... I didn't even realize it was him until, like... I had to believe, I had to see mm-hmm. him actually voice it, it to believe yes. it because it was just so different. And then as soon as I figured out, or as soon as they showed who Gordon was, it just made sense. And that was Jonathan Banks, Mike Aaron Trout oh voicing God. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. It's the great. They, they, they've had Brian Cranston do Commissioner Gordon and now Jonathan Banks. Like when Aaron Paul is older, he's going to probably do it as well. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, his, his Commissioner Gordon will say bitch an awful lot. I'd be okay with that. Are you sure? Okay, because... I mean, he's a womanizing, you know, he's not... He's nowhere near as good or as they say he's is shadowy in Gotham, so... Yeah, having having Mike from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul in this voicing anything, I'm happy. There's a lot of weight that comes behind that voice, and it makes sense with what's happening in this video game. Indeed. I want Mike to be my grandpa. He'd be the best grandpa of all time. He's so, <laughs> uh, so scary. And by the way, I'm just I'm just going to throw it out here right now. Kudos to the makers of this video game for creating a Barbara Gordon that is likable. Thank you. Yes. I yes. like I likable like Barbara Gordon. Not the Barbara Gordon on TV that I'm hoping will soon fall off of a bridge. Oh, no, that's, that's daughter Barbara Gordon. Oh, different so. Barbara Gordon. Hey, it's a character named Barbara Gordon that I don't hate, Glenn, and that's a plus for I me. I mean, did you hate <laughs> Alicia Silverstone, everyone's America's sweetheart from the greatest movie of all time in the 90s, Clueless? Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't like her in that movie either. Sorry, that was a long buildup for to say Clueless, but... Yes, it is. <laughs> God, what was her line from Batman and Robin? God, I can't remember it. 
Uh, she had a line that was really hard. I'd fuck me. Oh, wait, that's Ted Levine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd fuck me is not from Batman and Rob. Had, had it been, I'd probably more fondly remember that movie. Maybe it what? Been... Ted Levine's Barbara Gord? Holy shit. Like, Maybe that, it wouldn't have been such a waste for me to stand in line on opening day for that movie. <laughs> had there been a part where, like, Schwarzenegger says, like, I'd fuck me, it'd be like, oh my god, did you hear Mr. Freeze said? Uh, maybe then it would have been worth it, but sadly, no, no, it's a, it's a great, it's a great cast. I'm super, super excited to play. Um, Aurora, is this going to be the game that finally forces you into the next generation of video gaming? Well, let me tell you this. I pre-ordered a PlayStation 4. Oh, and it's the Batman PlayStation 4. So it has like the Batman decal on it. Okay. And it comes with this game. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, and you got all the pre-order stuff already for it. Yes. <laughs> Did you get it through GameStop? Because then you also get the Red Hood pack. I don't know, because my husband got it for me as an anniversary gift. So is the I, don't, best. I don't know how he got it, but I hey, know I'm Robbie, getting it. Our, our anniversary is coming up in like a week. This is me talking <laughs> to my girlfriend. And I'm not saying you have to do it now. And I'm sure they have payment plans. But a PlayStation 4 Arkham Knight edition would be super awesome. Aurora's husband got her one, so it's only fair. (laughs) No pressure at all, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're not under contract. It is a marriage (laughs) license or anything, but... Under contract. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure somewhere uh, in Aurora's marriage certificate, it says something along those lines, like one video game related item per anniversary. Oh yeah, yeah. Every time he gives, like, a, he gives, has to give me a gift. He's he gives me video games. He knows that I'm not gonna say no to them. Yes. <laughs> uh, I bought you a freemium game on your phone. Oh man, thanks, yeah. babe. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I and I bought a couple of bucks that you could use on Roller Coaster Tycoon, so it's good. <laughs> Good lord. Roller coaster tycoon <laughs> being dropped on this podcast. All right, let's talk about the box office. I mean, I have my own part going on, and it's pretty great so far. I've about five <laughs> roller coasters, and I've spent zero dollars on it. So that's, that's the bad. important point. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're very frugal, sir. Very Republican of you. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, so I am a Tory. Let's talk about the. <laughs> let's talk about the top five of the box office. Um, Finally, it's it's almost gone, you guys. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 has fallen from number four to number five. It's still barely holding on. Uh, did $5.1 million this past weekend. Furious 7 is still holding on. It's been, by the way, in theaters for six weeks. And it finally fell from number two to number four. It only did $5.2 million, uh, in case people are keeping score at home. $1.4 billion worldwide. So it's get the fourth ready. movie of all time. It only took seven of them to get there. (laughs) Seven movies later, they cracked a billion dollars and they did it in stride. I'd like to think that they did it because of The Rock. Like, none of this happened until The Rock showed up. Uh, Well, I feel like this probably happened because Paul Walker died. Well, that probably as well. I mean... Look, let me live my fantasy of The Rock equals billion dollar movies. If if San Andreas (laughs) makes uh, makes money, then I will... That Black Adam movie is going to be a billion-dollar movie, I'm telling you right now. Um, the Age of Adeline stayed at number three from last week. It did $5.6 million. Hot Pursuit debuted at the number two slot. Mm. Uh, $13.3 million. Uh, I believe that is the Reese Witherspoon, Sofia Vergara movie. Yeah, it's sitting at 6%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Good Lord, 6%. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's accurate. I'm just saying it out loud. Okay, um, actually, you know what? I didn't think to go look at it. Uh, hot, no, you're right. Six percent. Hot pursuit is doing six percent. Uh, I'm not kidding. That's the that's the score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron maintained its number one spot, doing seventy-seven point two million dollars in its second week, which obviously is a huge drop off. But you're going to have a huge drop off when your opening weekend was almost two hundred million dollars. Um, it is. Only been in theaters for 14 days, and it is already at $874.9 million. So that's going to hit a billion dollars as well uh, really quick. Do we think it's going to pass Titanic? Nope. No. I, I can't believe I don't think how low that opening weekend was. Not, uh, not, not low, but I mean... I don't know if it's going to beat Avatar. 
at this point, actually. Well, it's never going to be. I didn't think it was going to beat Avatar, but I Titanic, I mean, you know, at least thought maybe. Has shot, perhaps, yeah. I think it's going to end up ultimately doing better than the first Avengers movie. Like $1.8 billion is par where I think it's going to sit. I think it's got another billion dollars left in it. Uh, we've got four movies that, are that uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, are opening wide this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Time Lapse, which is a Danielle Panabaker movie, which I'm shocked is getting a wide release. I didn't think Danielle Panabaker was so huge a star as to to warrant a wide release movie. But I think her last one was that uh, Friday the 13th, because Piranha Double D just couldn't quite make it to wide release. Uh, John Rhys Davies is also in this. I love John Rhys Davies, so... Um, he is in this, th- that is opening this weekend. No tomato, no tomato meter score yet. Uh, only two reviews in, uh, both of them positive. However, uh, I'll see you in my dreams, which I was shocked that this was being listed as a wide release, but, uh, it is, it's a Blythe Danner movie <laughs> with Martin Starr and one of your faves, Sam Elliott, uh, along with, uh, Malin Ackerman, um, it's it's a pretty big cast. It's is a, that Ray Perlman or Ron? I can't read the cursive. Uh, it is it is Ray Perlman. Yeah. Oh, okay. From Cheers, of course. Um, Glad to see Dean DeVito's wife getting work. It's a dramedy, uh, and it has uh, five reviews so far, all positive. Uh, also opening this weekend, the two bigger releases, uh, Pitch Perfect Two. Uh, is opening this weekend with Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson, Brittany Snow, uh, the awesome Haley Steinfeld, uh, Katie Seagal. Um, by the way, I'm still... I'm... Uh, Green Bay Packers offensive line and Clay Matthews also is going to be in this movie. And Elizabeth Banks and Demi Lovato. <laughs> uh, I did, that needs to be said. Actually, not, I... not the... Nobody from Detroit will be on this team because they suck. Of but course. Of course, yes. Uh, uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen Haley Steinfeld in anything other than True Grit, so I'm just basing what I know of her off of her performance in that movie. So when I say <laughs> the awesome Haley Steinfeld, I, I'm just presuming that she's had been in other movies where she's also been awesome because she was great in True Grit. Well, one of them's Ender's Game. You should see it to see how good she is in it. Now pass. I'll just go ahead with uh, <laughs> not seeing Ender's Game. Yeah, he doesn't uh, get that much of the money for it. I I, I don't care if he gets great. <laughs> if that, if that asshole even gets credit. <laughs> Aurora, are you going to be seeing Pitch Perfect this weekend? Because I am. I am. I'm going to go Friday. Yeah, Aurora's going to write up a review for it. Glenn, if you want to yep. double team up on this review and we can get uh, a review from, from both sides of the gender debate, that would be yeah. highly interesting. Well, considering I'm the one who wanted to move this podcast up so I could watch the two-hour season finale of Once Upon a Time, I may have her beat that <laughs> Um, 17 reviews in total for Pitch Perfect so far, 76% on the tomato meter, 13 positive, 4 in the negative. And uh, the biggest movie, some would argue, opening this weekend, is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, Nicholas Holt, uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, big cast. I don't know jack shit about this universe or the movies, but the trailer looks like a lot of fun. So I'm guessing the movie's going to be a lot of fun. No, no critical reviews yet. Apparently this film has not been released for pre-screened reviews, which... Because hmm. hmm. it's already been released in Australia. I think they already had the premiere for it. So Interesting. Yeah, there's not a single review up here uh, for it, which sometimes is a bad sign for a movie, but... Uh, if memory serves, Edge of Tomorrow was not released for early reviews as well, and that was one of my favorite movies last year. So. It's a George Miller movie. What are they expecting? Like, uh, it's not. It looks it's, like it's going to be a lot. It's going to be visually horrifying. Yes, uh, and that's about it. Uh, I mean, if Tom Hardy has more than ten lines of dialogue, I'll probably already be mad at it. But we'll see. <laughs> it doesn't look like he's going to say much. So, I will. We'll give it that. Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of thumbs up and, like, looks, so um, hopefully the only thing he says is are what's in the trailer. All right, uh, so people have been literally not begging for the return of this podcast, but we're bringing it back anyway, because uh, <laughs> the summer TV season is rapidly approaching. Um, and, I, and I know hundreds and hundreds of you download this podcast 
uh, probably because your iTunes feed automatically downloads the podcast for you, whether you listen <laughs> to them or not. I don't know. But we're bringing back the second season already. Of Yeah, it's like we're making another Avengers movie so quick. Uh, it's coming back this quick, the second season of uh, From Parts Unknown. We'll probably do another seven movies or so. And uh, if you jumped in, in between now and the last time we did one of these, uh, it's a free podcast on the main feed along with this one. So it, it is not a premium podcast. Everybody will get it for free. And uh, the idea, I believe, was from, was this from Tequila Monster? I don't remember which user brought this up. Um, but it was an idea to randomly select a movie on Netflix and then no matter what it is, watch it and then review it. So that is what we're going to do. We go to it's it's allflix.net slash Netflix dash randomizer. And uh, I believe the rules are, Glenn, for a it's if it's a documentary, we will discuss the documentary, but we will also probably discuss the subject at large as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to make a documentary not... Yeah, it's hard to review a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, they didn't cover that enough. And <laughs> If it is a TV show, we will watch the pilot and review the pilot for the TV show. Unless it's um, Gilmore Girls, then we have to skip over it? Yeah, or Breaking Bad. Uh, we got Breaking Bad once and skipped over it. We should have. We should have uh, watched it. Considering <laughs> 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 what we ended up getting. Um... And uh, just to clarify, if we get a show that has a pilot that is like a two-episode pilot, we will watch both of those episodes and then review it. We, we won't watch half of a pilot. Uh, if they do one of those like two-hour premiere type things, we will watch that and review it. Um, okay, so this Netflix randomizer gives us the opportunity to select categories. We are setting it to all categories. Uh, we set its Netflix rating uh, options. Any movie that got a 1 to a 5 on Netflix... Or a 0 to a 10 on IMDb. And, of course, any film that was released between the years 1900 and 2015. Uh, this has resulted in some interesting picks in the past. And one good movie. I think we were one for seven last time as far as feature films go. Yeah, um, I mean, what? We had the indie documentary. The ugly people movie by the guy who made The Help. Yes. Yeah, you know, uh, two of the movies we've seen have had Octavia Spencer, which is I don't want to know what the odds are of those, but I'm pretty sure it's a small amount. Life Life 2.0 <laughs> Life 2.0 was an interesting documentary, mm-hmm. uh, and Snowpiercer we got is the one good movie. Uh, mm-hmm. We also got White Rush. We got that <laughs> we we got that hacker movie, whatever that was. Uh, Cyberpocalypse. Cyber Cybergeddon. Cybergeddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. All right, so here we go. I am about to hit the randomize button. And uh, here we go. Oh, my goodness. Sweet. Uh, Aurora, you picked a great time to show up on this podcast, I think. Oh, my God. What is it? Knowing. uh, Well, I'm I'm not going to tell you what the movie is just yet. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I'm reading atop the poster for this movie. It says, from the dudes who brought you Sharknado. Oh, no. (laughs) It is a 91-minute comedy. From 2014, oh called the Coed and the Zombie Stoner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what the funny thing about this is? Hmm. I already saw this movie. Have yeah, you seen I gonna, this? I was gonna say I've seen <laughs> most of it. I have not seen it. Should should I pick another movie then, or do we? No, want no, no. No, you should, you should gladly experience it. Uh, sorry, Catherine Annette, Grant O'Connell, Jamie Knoll, a bunch of other people I've never heard of in my life. Uh, however, it says the average Netflix rating is a three, uh, and the average IMDb rating is a three and a half. Here is the synopsis for people who are interested. A college is overrun by the undead when a sorority girl falls for a zombie. The unlikely pair soon find the solution lies in a huge amount of weed. <laughs> a hokey dokey. Uh, well, it's 91 minutes, so. It's oh. just the bad version of Warm Bodies. That's all it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, we will watch it and. Next week around this time, you'll get a podcast of us talking about this for free. You're welcome, world. Uh, <laughs> all right. So for everything we talked about today, cinemageekly.com is where you can check it all out. Uh, also, the social networks. We are everywheres. Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram, all at Cinema Geekly. Some places things get posted a little more often than other places. 
for any for anybody who's feeling neglected, like YouTube or Tumblr, uh, apologies in advance. Uh, we will get around to to posting things there eventually. Um, oh, hey, yeah, don't forget about uh, tpublic.com slash, uh, I think it's tpublic.com slash user slash Cinema Geekly, uh, and go grab yourself a Cinema Geekly retro t-shirt, uh, or become the fourth person brave enough to buy the Moscow International Comic Con t-shirt that I put up. <laughs> uh, three people so far brave enough to buy this this t-shirt. You could become the fourth. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, I I don't know if that's much of a selling point, but uh, there it is. Um, outside of that, info at cinemageekly dot com. Uh, that's where you can send your emails, uh, your complaints, uh, perhaps about the lack of Aaron this week. Uh, but hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, Outside of that, questions, comments, contribute to the mailbag. Uh, I've got some stuff piled up. We're, we're going to be pretty close to doing another mailbag episode. Glenn, somebody wanting to know why we don't talk more about movies that are outside of the genre. Uh, I'm guessing he's talking about uh, superhero-y type stuff. Uh, why we don't talk more about dramas or comedies or something along those lines. Well, I don't really watch comedies, so that's probably a reason why. Unless it's office space. Yeah, Glenn leads a humorous yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, no fun to be had at all. Um, no, I mean, yeah, stuff like that. If there's subjects you would like for us to discuss on here or something you're interested in hearing about, uh, info at cinemageekly.com is the email address. Uh, the podcast, of course. You can download, stream it, listen to it from the website. But if that is not your thing, iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn Radio app are all various ways you can listen to the podcast, either uh, on your Windows, your Apple, or your Android device. Uh, we are available everywhere. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna come back with this uh, co-ed and the zombie stoner, which is just a <laughs> brilliant title for a film. They must have really spent I don't know five, six minutes coming up with a title for this film at least. Yeah, uh, a lot of time probably. Uh, at least one slice of pizza was consumed determining the title <laughs> for that film. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, for, uh, for Aurora Bubaloo and Glenn Beauvais, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. For more content like Who Made Who, Level Your Gear, the Gotham Podcast, Flashing Arrow Podcast, and the new Horribly Flawed and Incredibly Decisive Podcast, visit cinemageekly.com slash premium and part with just $12. That's 12 bucks for a year's worth of awesome content. What else could you buy for $12 that will last all year and give you hours of geeky entertainment?